Good morning. It is uh, seven minutes after 10. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, coming up, uh, Sarah Walsh is going to be with us, uh, former state representative. She is in Washington, D.C. She's there at the March for Life. Uh, we'll find out what uh, what the goal is and uh, what it's like there. What's the what's the mood? I'm also curious to see if there are any, anybody out there. Could there be anybody out there with it, it, for the anti March for Life? I don't know. We'll find out. In the meantime, uh, an old friend of mine that I just got in contact with uh, recently is John Gizzy. Uh, John is uh, works at Newsmax. He's their chief political columnist and White House correspondent. Uh, the man who knows everyone in Washington, he's quite a character, and uh, I've always enjoyed his company, and his insight is brilliant. And he has uh, written, and we're actually going to hit him on uh, two pieces. One of them is uh, this whole George Santos thing, the Republican congressman who lied his way into office in New York. Uh, according to uh, John, uh, this guy is a, a piker. Compared to Doug Stringfellow, we'll find out who that is. And I also want to ask him about another story that uh, that he has uh, uh, written for Newsmax. And uh, that's uh, what's going on in Indiana. Uh, Indiana Senate race. It's a MAGA man Banks versus our own Mitt Romney. We'll get you all those details. John, welcome to the program. Glad to have you with us. Gary, it's always a pleasure. Let's not wait as long between conversations. I agree. I absolutely agree. So let's uh, let's kick it off with uh, Mr. Santos, uh, who literally has lied his way into the House of Representatives. I don't know anything about the guy in reality. Uh, I imagine New York uh, voters don't either. Um, right. But you say he's a piker compared to Doug Stringfellow. Give me some oh, details. Yes. Well, lying one's way to office, as you say, Gary, is not new. Uh, in 1952, a World War II veteran named Doug Stringfellow uh, was elected to the Congress by a landslide. Part of this had been, since he came out of the Army and walked with a limp, he was speaking at Rotaries, Kiwanis Clubs, uh, groups related to the Mormon Church and the Junior Chamber of Commerce. His speech was a powerful one. How, as an OSS agent, he formed a team and led a top-secret mission behind enemy lines in Germany with the goal of capturing physicist Dr. Otto Hahn and thus keeping Germany from getting the A-bomb before the United States. Well, his team was all killed, he was captured, and he went to the notorious Belsen prison, where a group of partisans broke him out, staging a raid, he was snuck across enemy lines and went into a minefield where he injured his leg and thus needed a walker and a cane. The mission failed, but it enhanced his love of country and the need to defend it and put one's life on the line. Wow, who would Came not Congress, vote for Who would not vote exactly. for that guy? Exactly. And other Republicans felt the same way. He was in demand as a speaker everywhere. Uh, his life story was signed up by movies and by a publishing company for which he got a $20,000 advance. He spoke at the American Legion, and he wrote the introduction to the Mormon Boy Scouts handbook. Suspense, which was a half-hour weekly series, even dramatized uh, his written version of the account uh, in a play called String, 
which was his nickname in the service, starring Jack Lord, later famous on Hawaii Five O, as the young Doug Stringfellow in prison. Well, as he's seeking re-election in 1954, uh, in the fall of that year, the Army Times, a publication still around, noticed there were discrepancies when he appeared on Ralph Edwards' This Is Your Life and was asked, who gave him your assignment? He said, my commander-in-chief, Franklin D. Roosevelt, in the White House. Yet when he spoke to the American Legion, he said he received his orders from Colonel Donovan, the head of the OSS, the forerunner of the CIA. There were other discrepancies when he talked about the people in his team. Johnny, the Catholic altar boy from Brooklyn, or Big X from Amarillo, and the team seemed to get larger with new characters. Uh, he denied that he was exaggerating or confabulating. He threatened to sue the Army Times, and he called on President Eisenhower to declassify the records of his mission. That was on October 15, 1954. A day later, he met with his state's two U.S. Senators, Ralph Watkins and Wallace Bennett. And then that evening, Saturday night, he went on the Mormon-owned TV station in Salt Lake City, a Mormon church-owned, I should say, and here's what he said. I was the victim of a trap laid by my own glib tongue. I never captured Otto Hahn or anyone else. I never was in the OSS. There was no secret mission, oh, and none of the members of my team existed. And he said... I like the adulation and being introduced as a war hero. In truth, he was a guard in occupied France at a base, and by accident, he walked into a minefield, and that's how he hurt his leg. And he <laughs> said, before Almighty God, and I'm paraphrasing here, I'm going to ask for forgiveness and devote my life to redemption. And he said, I will step down if that's what my party wants. So he held open the door of staying in office, and indeed, the station was flooded with calls saying we liked him anyway, and he was courageous to admit all of this. But my sources tell me David O. McKay, the president of the Mormon Church, the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Latter-day Saints of Jesus Christ, you know, the, the Mormon Pope, so to speak, told him, you're not going to get away with just saying, I'm sorry. There's got to be redemption. And he was out of Congress, and the Republicans replaced him on the ballot. Doug Stringfellow tried being a radio announcer again in Utah, but too many people knew who he was, and he took a lot of ridicule. So he moved to Southern California, became a house painter, and died at the age of 44. Wow. Wow, wow. I submit to you, George Santos, as you said, is a piker next to Doug Stringfellow. It has happened before. Holy Toledo. <laughs> what a story. What an incredible story. The late Senator Bob Bennett of Utah, whose father was in the Senate, introduced him to Stringfellow when he was back from the Army in Korea. Um, and he said after the news that this was all a hoax would be the equivalent of finding out that John McCain was never a POW in Vietnam. 
How did guess? How did you dig this story up? How, how, I have heard this for years. Friends of mine from Utah, um, people who were in the Mormon Church, such as Senator Bennett, uh, the late Congressman Jim Hansen, they all know the story. I guarantee, if you have any listeners who happen to be Mormon. They'll probably have heard this story because it was very embarrassing to Utah. And to give you an example, John Rhodes, who later became Republican leader in the House and was a congressman from Arizona who came into the House with Doug Stringfellow, uh, told me, he said he was facing a tough reelection and Doug, who was assured of reelection, came in and campaigned for him there was an overflow crowd at the airport just to see him. So we're talking about a superstar then. And uh, if you watch the This Is Your uh, Life program with him, which you can see on YouTube, uh, it's amazing. And it was also very embarrassing to Ralph Edwards when he's found to be a fraud. I can, I can only imagine. Uh, listen, if you just turned on the radio. Uh, our guest is John Gizzi. He works over at Newsmax. He's a chief political columnist uh, and White House correspondent. Uh, the man, they say, who knows everyone in Washington, and clearly he does. Um, and uh, he's also the recipient of the William A. Rusher Award for Journalistic Excellence. He was uh, the Journalist of the Year uh, over at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference in 2002. Uh, and uh, he's uh, making this first of what we hope will be many uh, visits with us. Before I let you go, uh, I got a couple of minutes left. Tell me what's going on with the Indiana Senate race. Very simply, we used to hear, Gary, about races that are for the soul of the Republican Party. And this is shaping up to be one of them. Senator Mike Braun is giving up his seat to run for governor. It appears as though the two contenders will be Congressman Jim Banks, former chairman of the Republican Study Committee, and um, someone who very much is on the MAGA side of the Republican Party. Uh, he is definitely running for the seat. His lead opponent is someone I've known for decades, um, former governor, former director of the Office of Management and Budget, and now president of Purdue University, Mitch Daniels. At 70, he has a reputation as a very good two-term governor uh, who balanced the budget and kept taxes low. The Club for Growth does not necessarily agree with this, and they've already lost, uh, you know, these uh, are launched an attack on him. Uh, he's someone who famously called a decade ago for a truce on the social issues. Jim Banks said the social issues, be they related to abortion or gender, are more important than ever. So there's a form of debate. But in the end, you have two very stylistic differences as well as visions that are very different regarding the Republican Party. One more thing, um, the prominent Republican did say that Mitch Daniels was our very own Mitt Romney establishment figure, well-connected with the powers that be, and not necessarily a conservative swashbuckler. 
um, interestingly, I'm old enough to remember in 2012 when it appeared as though Mitt Romney was the front runner for the Republican presidential nomination, conservatives were urging then-Governor Daniels to make a run for president, but he decided not to for his own reasons. I remember this. All right. John? I'm so glad, Gary. <laughs> At my age that I can remember things like that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. John Gizzy, thanks. thanks for being with us. Look for his writing at Newsmax.com. Uh, and uh, we're going to have him back again, I promise. Thanks, John. And I'm honored to be back with the equal opportunity annoyer. He wasn't too <laughs> bad today. There you go. Take care. All right. Take Thank care, you. buddy. Glad to have you with us. John Gizzy, G-I-Z-Z-I. -Z -Z All right. Uh, up against the clock. Quick break on a Froster Buns Friday. Uh, don't forget Sarah Walsh from Washington. She's going to be on board. She's the March for Life. That's in about 10 minutes on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. Good morning. It's uh, 23. Three minutes after the hour, and uh, Sarah Walsh coming up about 10 minutes out of Washington, D.C. She's there for the March for Life. Uh, very briefly, uh, Brian, the national debt, fiscal year 2022, and I'll go to the phones here in a moment, folks. Hang on. Uh, the national debt, uh, the debt payments uh, were $400 billion, and you think that's a phenomenal amount of money. But for fiscal year 2032, it'll be $1.2 trillion. And uh, and the administration doesn't want to talk at all about cutting spending. Just give us that spending increase. Just raise that debt school debt limit. Um, I, I think they, you can make the case to the American public. There are some things the government must be able to cut. Uh, and then you, you show them that kind of debt. And I, I think they would say, well, the Democrats are just being obstinate. Let me go to the phones here. Judy is on the line. Judy, welcome. How are you? Hi, Gary. Hi. Listen, I want to talk to you about homeschool. I did this. I quit, I, I quit my job. I was a registered nurse. I was able to quit my job, and I homeschooled my, my daughter. And this has been a few years ago when we lived back in Illinois. And how we did this was group, we did this with groups of parents of like mind. There was no sex. There was no religion. There was no politics. And you you did you did your basic homeschooling at home, and we had what we called homeschool co-ops that met in different buildings. Mm -hmm. And I was a registered nurse, and I would teach health and nutrition. And then there was there was other people that would teach teach other things. And Jim, we took our kids on field trips. Groups of mothers got in different cars. We went to museums. We packed lunches. But I'll tell you, there was no there was no bunch of stuff going on because there was parents. Parents right there with kids. There wasn't school teachers that, that that they're just a number and all this. We did it with small groups of parents, and it was successful. My my daughter ended up with four degrees. Wow! And yeah. and she did. She was a motivated student. But back then, she was able to pass the test to get into junior college. She went on to a senior college. She and she ended up with her master's. You can do this. We took our kids to grocery stores. We told, showed our kids how to pump gas. We took our kids to banks. We had a lot of boys and girls learned homemaking, and this was just the extracurricular stuff. There was piano teachers that taught music appreciation. 
people that teach arts, look to your senior citizens that's been in geography, that's been past teachers. This can all be done at a very, you know, minimal rate. Now, I taught the Abeka system, which was an expensive system, but you can go online and there's all kinds of resources. I, Ju- Judy, Judy, I, I posted at GaryNolan.com a link to a resource that is really, really cost-effective for people who want to homeschool their kids. Yes. Uh, and I and I appreciate your testimony because that that is the point I've been trying to make. It can be done and it can be done better than you get at the government schools at a fraction of the cost. I guarantee you, it didn't cost you $15,000 per child to get them that education. And every, and every day is a learning experience. That's and right. We took, when we took our daughter, when we went on vacations, we visited the Alamo. And she wrote a paper on that. There's so many different, but you have to be, if you're interested in this, you have to be involved with your child. I agree. Judy, thank you for the call. I really appreciate it. I'm up against the clock here. Other callers i got to get to, but I do appreciate the call. Glad to have you with us. You can go to GaryNolan.com, and there is a link. It says Homeschool Link. That's just one, but there are tons if you do your homework. Uh, Let's get Rick on the line. Rick, good morning. How are you? Great. You know, thank you for pointing out all the insanity of uh, Boone County, but it's everywhere. Uh, you know, Josh Hawley's from down around Springfield. So was Roy Blunt. And now Jason Smith, I believe his name is, is a member of the U.S. House of Representatives from that area. In Ozark County, where he grew up, to this day, they don't have one grocery store there's a lot of poor people there, but guess what? They've all got broadband running up the road ditch beside their uh, roads. Um, you know, the governor has admitted down through all his years there that he's just as insane as the Democrats. And, and that's what makes me so mad is the, the Republicans everywhere are joining the Democrats in the insanity. <laughs> and cross my lungs. All right, Rick, thank you. I certainly understand. Uh, boy, I got about a minute left. Don, welcome. Hey, Gary, I know you were kind of enamored about Jay Ashcroft the other day, but as a state worker that worked under his dad uh, as a state worker, I hope Jay doesn't follow his dad's footsteps in that probably the eight years during John Ashcroft, state workers hardly got any kind of an increase. Now, it was a little bit lean times then, but I hope, you know, state workers don't take the brunt of it if Jay Ashcroft becomes the governor. Well, let's let's not blame the sins of the father on the, on the child, okay? But, but at the same time, you know, Parsons, I mean, that had a lot to do with us staying at the bottom for so long. And Parsons is pushing us up some. But hopefully, like I said, I hope Jay doesn't follow in his father's footsteps if he becomes governor because... If there were lean times, the first thing to go was increases for the, the state workers. <laughs> well, you know, the government should not be any different than the private marketplace. When the economy turns south and you have to change and alter the way you live uh, because, you, you you know, you've got inflation or a recession or whatever, uh, the government shouldn't have a, a, a dependable source that doesn't get subjected to the same vicissitudes of the marketplace. 
so, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But let's not blame uh, Jay for anything you perceive his father did. Don, thank you for the call. Uh, coming up, Sarah Walsh. She's in Washington, D.C. It's cold. Why is she there? What do they hope to accomplish? Are there any anti-life marchers out there? Details next. Gary Nolan. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It's 1035 and uh, coming up about, uh, I don't know, about an hour from now, I guess. Uh, we are, I guess. I know. I've made the plans. Uh, we are going to have uh, Chuck Basie, former state representative, on the program. Uh, he has thrown his hat in the ring. He wants to run uh, for the uh, Columbia Board of Education, uh, or Columbia School Board. And uh, he's got to sue in order to do it. Seems kind of a shame that he has to go to that extent. In the meantime, speaking of having a former member of the State House with us, Sarah Walsh is on board. Only she is in Washington, D.C. It's the March for Life. What's the temperature like out there, Sarah? It is lovely. It's a little breezy, but it's about 50 degrees here. And so we are very blessed. Why are you there? I mean, we've already got a Supreme Court decision, and it says it, it, this, uh, this is something that belongs in the hands of the states. What's the point of, of being there? So this is the 50th annual March for Life, which is, uh, you know, the first March for Life that we've that has happened since Roe v. Wade was overturned. So it is a great time to celebrate life. But then also, uh, even, you know, with, with that being um, back at the states, uh, still, um, the, the, there's the effort to educate folks, to create a culture of life um, and respect for life in America, because sadly, the number of abortions nationally is still well over 900,000 a year. And so that education must continue to make abortion unthinkable and to transform society and culture to respect and protect all innocent human life. Is there any sign of uh, protesters uh, on the March for Death side? So we started the day in prayer and with our group um, from Missouri, the Missouri delegation of pro-lifers from Missouri. Some came by bus, some came by plane and automobile. And uh, we just left a meeting at the uh, I'm sorry, you, you left a meeting at, uh, from where? Russell, at the Russell Senate Office Building, where we uh -huh. heard from representatives from our uh, members of pro-life, members of Congress. And so they gave updates and shared um, regards. Uh, the Congress folks are back in the district in the district week, so, um, so they were unable to um, meet with us, but they had representatives from their office to us. And so now, um, after that, we are walking right now on the streets of Washington, D.C. to head to the rally. Uh, one of the, the closing prayer speakers of the rally will be Franklin Graham, and there will be many other uh, pro-life speakers at this rally. And then after the rally will be the March for Life. And so I've not, not had an opportunity to be able to participate in this before. However, Missouri's had buses going to the March for Life in Washington, D.C. since 1976. And so uh, you know, we'll be marching with hundreds of thousands of people from across the United States and around the world for life. Uh, any idea how many uh, from Central Missouri went with you? So we have, um, you know, probably in the they're all, they're all broken into kind of different groups. But the group that I'm with right now is about 100 people, and uh, so we're going to merge up with everyone else, uh, and it'll be a much much larger group. Well, it it takes a lot uh, to uh, to make that journey, and uh, frankly, I think the Supreme Court did the right thing. And I'm, and uh, uh, in, in, uh, in, in, we ought to tell people what you're doing now. Now that you're not in the legislation, uh, legis, legis, legislature. I'm having a hard time this morning, Sarah. What are you doing now? 
So beginning this new year, I began a new role as Director of Education and Development for Missouri Right to Life Education Fund. As you know, under Queen Missouri, uh, there's a two-year ban from being involved in any lobby efforts, but this is education pro-life education that I'm involved in, and I'm uh, just thrilled to be on board with Missouri Right to Life, and I will be speaking at various opportunities throughout the state and working on our educational pro-life literature and materials, and uh, yeah, just more more updates to come for life. All right, Sarah, uh, take care, stay warm, hope it uh, turns out to be a fabulous event, uh, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll chat with you when you get back to uh, Central Missouri. Excellent. God bless. You too, Sarah. Thank you. Sarah Walsh. Oh, what a sweetheart. Um, You know, Brian, I was talking earlier when we were talking about uh, this whole brouhaha over the cross... uh, Drag queens. uh, Yes, the cross-dressing clown that uh, these kids were subjected to in Columbia. That I wanted to start... and, And I'm serious about this. I seriously am thinking I want to start a nonprofit to help parents get their kids out of government schools. And I think... If um, if I create a C3, uh, total nonprofit, and we dedicate as much of the money that comes in as possible to uh, to parents who are trying to get their kids out of government schools, maybe we could work with a group like hers um, to help. You know, you know, if if you're pro life uh, and you and you want an education that that. Uh, reflects that maybe the, we could work with a group like that but i really just want to help parents to get their kids out of government schools it's it's such a sham the uh, caller that called in i forget what her name was she started listing all of the different uh programs resources. that yeah and resources that she exposed her kids to yeah uh, through the homeschooling and I noticed that drag queens wasn't part of that curriculum. How yeah. how could her kids possibly succeed in today's world without that? Yeah, uh, it's a wonder that you and I made it. I know. I was uh, thinking the same thing. Without without a drag, but uh, at Cathedral Latin, they didn't <laughs> offer that. I, you know, it occurs to me now that my education must have been faulty. <laughs> I mean, we we just we did. I I will tell you. Oh boy, should I tell you what I did when I was in high school? Yes, please. I'm not sure that it's a good idea. <laughs> we used to have at Cathedral Latin, um, on the second floor, there was a small room that was the science, it's right across the street from the, or right across the hall from the big library. It was a smaller library, and it was the science fiction and fantasy uh, uh, part of the library where, where we could get books, you know, like 2001 and Space Odyssey, things like that. And you got to show a movie in there. And um, somebody whose name I won't mention uh, managed to get his hands on what we used to call a smoker. Do you know what that is, Brian? I don't, know A smoker? Um, oh, it was a kind of a movie that would never be shown in a Catholic school. Okay. Oh. Does that give you an idea? Yeah, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, uh, and they set up a screen and had a, bu- <laughs> a bunch of <laughs> no. students. In the- <laughs> oh, my God. Did you get busted? <laughs> well, almost, but yeah. no. First, nobody said anything. Uh, secondly, uh, Brother Yak, that literally was his name, Brother Yak, walked in while we were running the movie. Oh, no. 
<laughs> hey, fellas, what you want? <laughs> well, here's the thing. The room was very small, and the, and the screen was in front of the door. So as soon as he walked in, uh, somebody whose name I, I wouldn't mention uh, shut it off. <laughs> Good thinking. And we had a pleasant conversation, everybody in the room, and, and then he left. And <laughs> But, you know, I mean, that was a malfeasance on, on our right. part. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like the school. It wasn't sanctioned by the school. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I am sure that every one of us would have been sent home uh, and told to look. Look for another school. Yeah, don't come back. <laughs> oh, my God. But well, we were like 17, 18 years old and uh, really crazy. Uh, all right. Uh, let me move on. I got uh, Tony on the line from Fordland. Tony, welcome. How are you? Good morning. Um, a friend of mine did the homeschooling, and uh, he says the only thing that he lacked was world history, that uh, his mom wasn't too keen on world history. Uh, well, she was real keen on American history, but not on world history. So um, that's the only thing that he said was bad about it, but that's it. Uh, okay, so here's my frost. You were just talking about the $31 trillion and the billions we spend monthly, yearly on the interest alone. So i got to ask the question, Gary, how can we justify any tax cut at the federal or state level when the money needs to be going towards the debt? that we need to curve anyway by cutting the spending. And if we're going to cut spending, why couldn't we cut spending across every department in the U.S. government covers? From okay, well, let me... To help and human services to the military. You're, well, you're right. Everything has to be cut. you got to get the government out of health care, get the government out of retirement programs, get the government to bring home the military. We're not the world's police department. And you severely cut spending. Uh, then you leave in the hands of the Americans who've earned it the money they make so that they can produce and consume and drive the marketplace. But if we continue at our current rate, this uh, debt is growing arithmetically, uh, we're, we're going to have a complete meltdown. The dollar will be worth nothing more than the cotton it's printed on. Well, could I ask you one question before I get off here? Yeah, go for it. If if we were able to to not give any tax cuts from the federal level at all, just no more tax cuts, put a 10-year moratorium on tax cuts in general, put a 10-year moratorium on tax exemptions, and that would be churches, and that would be the different groups in America that get exemptions for taxes, could we not put a little dent in the debt that way? I mean, from what I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of us that are working out here, we're paying our taxes. We see the deficit going up. We see the programs that's being wasted on, and it's on left and right. There's programs on both sides that are just frivolous. And then we're expected to believe that we're going to do something about this debt. And the next thing I know, my congressman and my senator, well, we need to give the American people a tax cut. Well, if, we need to, if we're going to keep cutting taxes, and taxes are how we pay for that debt, how are we going to pay for that debt? And you keep talking about... We're going to pass it on to our grandchildren. We're Tony, Tony, to Tony, 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 Tony. You can pay the debt down when you cut spending. That's what the problem is. We're spending way, way too much. I understand that. And totally. the less money the government takes from your paycheck, the more money you have to retire more comfortably, to give your children uh, a better education, to drive a safer automobile, to have better nutrition, better medical care. 
it, it, it doesn't belong in the hands of the government. It belongs no. in the hands of the people who earn it. Ergo, you want them to have lower taxes. To pay down the deficit, though. To pay down the deficit, you've got to cut spending. The That's the only yeah, place you I, can go. So you're not going to put it on the burden of the taxpayer to, to uh, pay for the, the debt. You're just going to cut the programs down to where they use less and less, but we're still going to carry the debt. No, if you cut the spending, you reduce the deficit, if not eliminate it. But you have to cut the spending. I'll have to call you back on a day when you got more time. I'm, I'm missing something there, but, but I appreciate it. You have a good All day. All right, Tony, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Well, we'll chat about it a little bit more when we come back on the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 10.52. That's why I like uh, <laughs> That's why I like Echo Water. Oh, man. All right, I, I got a message from Echo Water. Um, I've talked about them on the air before. I, 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 I endorse them because they're a local company. Uh, and uh, I don't trust the government when it comes to anything, in particular my drinking water. I have no idea what's in it. You don't either. Uh, but if you're in central Missouri, go to echowatermidmo.com, and they'll come out to your place and test the water. But he, he I, I just got, got a message from them about uh, this idea for, uh, for education uh, that I was kind of kicking around. I, I wanted to start a... I was thinking about, and I am thinking about, creating a nonprofit. Uh, and in that, what we would do is your donations would be tax exempt, and we would help parents to homeschool their kids or underwrite as much as we comfortably could uh, a private school education to get kids out of government school. But there's a lot that has to be worked out. For instance, um, is there another organization already out there that we don't know about that's doing this? Because uh, in that case, I'd rather get behind them and, and help them uh, to do this. Um, and, and how would we work it out? How would we choose? Because obviously we're not going to have enough money. Uh, even if uh, the wealthiest people in the state help us, we're not going to have enough money to get everybody out of schools. But I am serious about it. I am thinking about it. Uh, this, if, if you just turn the radio on, this, uh, this goes back to the libs of, uh, uh, of, tip t of TikTok who found out that uh, a bunch of Columbia uh, uh, students were subjected to a drag queen show uh, when the government got involved in some diversity or something, some nonsense. It's something the government shouldn't even have anything to do with. Um, and these, uh, the parents didn't know it was happening. It's just so stupid. Um, so I, I, will, uh, I will seriously think about it. And, and, and if you're in central Missouri and you're looking for, to find out what's in your water, <laughs> go to echowatermidmo.com, E-C-O, watermidmo.com, and, uh, and let them come out and test it. I, I'm telling you, you'll be stunned. You will be surprised at the stuff that the city lets, uh, lets you have. Uh, that, that you're drinking and that your kids are drinking. Uh, all right. Uh, so Chuck Basie wants to run for school board. And it, it, it seems to me they violated uh, some rules here by not letting him come in and, and, and sign up to run. He's filed a lawsuit. We'll get to the details of that. Chuck is going to be with us uh, at about half an hour, 1030. I'm sorry, 1130. 
Uh, Chuck is a great Second Amendment supporter, a great guy. Uh, I don't gr- agree with him about everything, but I do about most things. And um, he, he'll explain what's, uh, what's going on. In the meantime, I got a bunch of messages and phone calls. I'm way behind. Uh, Gary, with all this corruption going on, writes Carol, I think we all need a refreshing movie to watch. Uh, with our kids, that movie is on Fossum, F-A-W-E-S-O-M-E, Fossum. Have you, have you ever heard of that, Brian? I've never I heard of not, Fossum. No. <clears throat> it's called The Railway Children, and it is set in England. There is no sex, no cursing. There are plenty of great life lessons. Uh, familiar love and redemption. Uh, please have your listeners call in. With good, clean movies that they have watched. Thanks. By the way, relating to the diversity event that you spoke of this morning, Hubby and I think that the school superintendent, the mayor, and uh, the middle school principals all need to be fired immediately for their inexcusable decision to have and participate in this. Hammer needs to come down. Um, all right, so if you've got a, uh, a great family movie... That you would suggest, call us, 874-9390-800-529-5572. Dwayne, Gary, I know you don't live in Boone County anymore. I know Brian does. Would Mr. Hansen ever consider running for the Southern Boone County Commissioner? I think they want to draft you, Brian. Yeah, I think not. Uh Uh-uh. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) You know what? I could do the show. Uh, you could engineer and everything. Uh-huh. And if there's any, you know, like you can't be on the air, I will we'll handle it without you. I- I'm sure you would. And you would be. And a, you'd enjoy it too, wouldn't you? Well, it'd be an improvement. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, if you run, maybe you can't be on the other side of this window, and I don't have to look at you. That would be good. You know. See, yeah, maybe you should throw your hat in the ring. Not, not a bad idea. Uh, yeah. All right, and what do you think about this? And it is a link. Technocrats at work. Medical profession implements World Health Organization's digital diagnosis code for the unvaxxed. Yeah. It's insanity. Uh, Shelly on private schooling, welcome. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I was just calling. My kids went through private school, and I do know that some of the schools in Columbia private schools have financial aid that families can apply for. I don't, sorry, my dogs are barking. Um, I don't know the specifics, but several of them do. And then some of their fundraisers are specific to raising funds to fund those um, scholarships for kids that need assistance to go to private school. So, you know, some of that already is in operation at those schools. And a lot of people just don't know about it. Well, maybe we can enhance that. That's what I'm thinking. If you can enhance that with the schools that are already in existence, then more kids can go, and then it just funds more, you know, yeah. funds to those schools. All right, Shelly, I got to run. I'm sorry. The clock is ticking. Uh, you're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show 